Hello and welcome to The Better Business Show with me, Tom Idle. Thanks for tuning in. Coming up this week. It's funny, we are generally scientists or project managers, um, okay. not with a background in, in what is essentially the fashion industry. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it felt like quite a big leap to kind of to make this to see what we could do yes we're in the company of rob webben this week a man who has combined his passion for cycling and sustainability to kickstart a sportswear revolution stay tuned welcome back yeah this is episode 43 of the better business show thanks for coming back to us uh, to all you new listeners out there welcome um, lovely to have you on board um, i hope you enjoy the show and uh, if you want to check out the previous 42 episodes, head over to the website betterbusiness.show. Now, I haven't done this for a while. I want to give a shout out to our pop-up t-shirt business that we launched back in late summer. Uh, Christmas is most certainly coming. You might not want to hear that, but it is definitely the case. Uh, so why not grab yourself a rather lovely, ethical, sustainably sourced t-shirt from our t-shirt store Uh, all of our t-shirts are emblazoned with fantastic quotes from the great and good of uh, the environmental movement people like Nicholas Stern and um, uh, Naomi Klein and Jonathan Porritt people like that Uh, we've also got some uh, brilliant better business show themed t-shirts have a look at as well Um, but yeah Christmas is coming grab one for your loved ones or maybe your kids uh, or your, your great aunt uh, but yeah, why not get over to the shop, betterbusinessshow.tmill.co.uk. That's T-E-E-M-I-L-L.co.uk, betterbusinessshow.tmill.co.uk. Now, if you haven't already done so, please do sign up to the Better Business Show newsletter. Um, just head over to the website, betterbusiness.show. You'll find a big box there at the top of the page. Just give us your email address and you'll start getting our newsletter every Friday. We give you alerts to all the latest episodes so that you won't miss a thing. We'll also you know, post any special announcements on there. Um, so be part of our community. Come join us. Sign up to our newsletter. I'd love you to do that. Um, so, yes, yeah, a big week ahead. Um, COP22 kicks off in Marrakesh today. Um, obviously, we had the, the big Paris Agreement, which finally entered into force last week, uh, which gives a real sort of good, solid you know, foundations, really, to, to this week and next week's discussions going on at COP22. Uh, but we know that the devil is in the detail of this agreement. We know that national commitments that have been made so far will not go anywhere near enough to get in us towards that kind of you know less than two degrees or certainly less than 1.5 degrees of global warming that um that we know the world needs to stay within so there's plenty more to be done to make sure that those targets are ramped up um, over the next few years in line with the best available science and there'll also be a no doubt a big focus on climate adaptation this time around particularly with this being the first a COP meeting to be held in Africa. Many of the African nations, as we know, are most vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. So I'm sure that will no doubt um, kind of dominate proceedings over the next couple of weeks. But we'll give you an update on all that's been going on at COP22 in our Friday 5 podcast that comes out on, yes, you guessed it, Fridays. So look out for that. We usually get that out uh, around sort of lunchtime on Fridays. Um, if you're subscribing to the show, then you'll you'll start automatically getting that anyway. Um, if you're not subscribing to the show, then why the hell not? Get over to SoundCloud, get over to iTunes, uh, search for The Better Business Show and start subscribing. Uh, but our Friday Five uh, gives you all the best stories from the last seven days, but we'll certainly include uh, an update on what's been going on at COP22. 
Um, it's also a big week, as we know, big US election tomorrow. Um, here's hoping for the right result. American people do the right thing, not only for your sake, but for the sake of the planet. And I mean that in more ways than one, especially with all things kind of COP22 and, and global climate change deals uh, front and centre of mind right now. Now, during the past 50 years, the way companies produce fashion garments and the way in which we consume them have changed dramatically. The so-called fast fashion retailers argue that their model has democratised and made ultimately accessible fashion. No longer is it the reserve of the rich or the elite to be able to afford the latest trends and now everyone everywhere can experience that short-lived thrill of buying new fashion items and having the pleasure of wearing something new on a regular basis. And it is this model that has driven large fashion retailers for so long, their growth, their sales, certainly in the UK and the US, but increasingly elsewhere as well. To start, fast fashion was all about increasing the speed of production and cutting the time it takes to bring designs into the shops onto the shelves. And rather than just having two collections a year, this speedier production process made it possible for companies to continuously rotate their product lines all year long. And of course, the ultimate was then to sell more and more products and decrease that trend cycle so they could have something new for consumers all the time. The other big success for fast fashion was all about reducing price. In fact, fast fashion right now is less about the speed of production and more about sales, shifting more and more products as quickly as possible. And that means producing a lot of stuff at as low a price as possible which then puts pressure on suppliers to make huge volumes at a low price to tight deadlines. It's clearly a model with a big problem. In the last five years, a real and growing movement has gathered pace against fast fashion as being the status quo. And this has coincided with a number of established high street retailers making public commitments to reduce their environmental impacts on the planet, plus get their social and community story straight particularly along the supply chain. Now, the question is whether fast fashion can ever become sustainable, something the Ethical Fashion Forum defines as being an approach to fashion that maximises benefits to people and minimises impact on the environment. Now, if the high street brands are able to use their weight and influence and put as much effort into dealing with things like water use in agriculture, human rights abuse, poor factory conditions, pollution put as much effort into all that as they have into developing fast and efficient production processes, then there is real hope. But the industry must first address the big elephant in the room. Fast fashion, as it is, has grown up during the last 10 years, is inherently unsustainable. The commercial drivers of the businesses that work within the current system are in conflict with reducing environmental impact and looking after workers and farmers further down the supply chain. Something has got to give. And a wealth of great new businesses have sprung up in the last decade, which is great news, to really, I guess, hold a mirror up to fast fashion, to make it realise what a mess it has created and continues to create. And we're going to meet one of those businesses this week. Green Sportswear operates in a rather niche market, producing cycling gear for corporate and team events and clubs. But it's a great example of a company keen to rip up the rulebook when it comes to fashion and apparel wear. And there's loads of great takeaways from the founder and CEO 
of Green Sportswear, Rob Webben this time, from the materials used in the products to the local manufacturing to the ethics behind Rob's model that sportswear is to be loved, kept and cared for rather than thrown away, something the sector he is operating in has been notoriously quite bad at. Anyway, here's our chat. Rob, thanks for being a part of the show. Um, let, let's go back. Of course, you know, you're the founder and, and CEO of, of, of Green Sportswear. And we'll get there. We're going to explore what that business is all about uh, in due course. But I want to start right at the start, you know, the start of your career. Take us right back to the start. What, what were you doing and, and, and what have you been doing over the last few years? Yeah, so my background is, um, is actually in sustainability, really. I, I uh, took a, a degree in environmental geoscience at University of Bristol um, and kind of really had a focus there on sustainability issues and and it's the the, the kind of the marketplace I wanted to work in. Um, I went into consultancy, um, started working on renewable energy mostly, low carbon energy, um, and kind of with a with a I suppose a view over the wider sustainability issues as well. Um, so have been doing that for. A decade or so either in consultancy or local government right. um, and then actually kind of decide to combine my I suppose my professional background with my passion which is triathlon and, and cycling and uh, I was always very aware that all the gear that I was competing in was probably um, less than optimal I suppose in terms of the way the fabrics fabrics are produced and um, uh, potentially you know who, how the people who were making it and how they were treated and, and those kind of things so right right yeah it just uh, it, was, uh, it was it was a combination of passion and, and professional background i was going to ask you about you know how the how the sort of the, the business started whether it was a, a passion for cycling or sustainability but it sounds like it's both so you're you're not just a hobbyist cyclist you're you're a proper sort of triathlete are you uh yeah i, I, I suppose i'm a i'm a decent amateur i've, I've never okay. kind of competed at a at an elite level but i've done a lot of races tend to be kind of endurance races, kind of longer distance triathlons and um, ultra marathons and um, kind of long bike rides, those kind of things. Right. Okay. But I'm, I'm interested in this. I mean, I'm, there's been quite a number of examples of people I know that have, that have been consultants for many years, dishing out lots of advice and then and helping businesses work out their strategy, particularly in the kind of sustainability field, and then and then launching their own business. I'm very interested in that. Uh, what What was your thinking then? That this was just uh, it's something that you had a burning desire to do or, or what sort of triggered the, the kind of, I, I've got to start a business? I've, to be honest, I've always had that. I mean, I, I set up a, a, a car washing company when I was about six in our local <laughs> village. And uh, I've got to say, it wasn't the most successful car washing company. But we, you know, I've, I've always um, been fairly enterprising and always wanted to do my own thing. So, um I think it was it was a fairly natural conclusion. I've been looking for the kind of the business that I wanted to do, and, and I felt uh, comfortable um, and and one that I could be proud of running as well. Um, right. And yeah, this was this was the one that came along at the right time. I think really it was born through just um, a lack of kind of viable, sustainable technical clothing in the sports market, and um, I just thought, I wonder if we can address this. <laughs> Quite a big step. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about the business. Then. Tell us what the business is, Green Sportswear. What is it you do, and, and what's the, the products that you're selling? Yeah. So we focus on um, uh, sustainable and ethically made sportswear. Um, kind of with a, with a focus on custom made gear for teams and and clubs and and for corporates. Okay. So um, we 
make all the gear here in Britain, just north of uh, Nottingham, um, using recycled fabrics, essentially, wherever possible. Um, so we have cycling jerseys that are made from recycled plastic bottles. We've got cycling boob shorts and tri-suits that are made from uh, recycled fishing nets and carpets. Um, so it's taking those, yeah, those waste materials, which you know are otherwise going to be going to landfill or incinerated, and uh, turn them into high-quality sportswear. So this is not gear that the, the the man on the street would just go and buy in a store or on your website. This is really aimed at the sort of the teams, the the corporate uh, side of things. That you're operating that end of the market, are you? Yeah, that's where we focus. I mean, we do we do sell our own brand range, but it's a it's a fairly small range. Yeah, uh, and and that's all around um, not you know as as a small company not being able to hold too much of our own stock. It's yeah. fairly stock to hold um and and also being able to kind of serve that um the team where market which is um you know a kind of a just-in-time type model yeah so right that works very well for us and because i mean especially with corporates if you find a corporate with kind of a strong sustainability or csr policy then the kind of our message just ties in perfectly with that and, and it's a, an area that we find works very well yeah it's a market i don't really know at all well uh, I mean, how big is the market? I mean, are there lots of these teams that are competing in these events? I mean, what does that market look like? Oh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's huge. It, it's, um, I, I don't actually have the figures, but I'd say hundreds of millions in the UK every year. Okay. Uh, I mean, you, you'll be out, you'll see team cyclists out in their, in their kind of, in their club colours. Yeah. Um, but then every weekend there's an organised event which will be um, either for the public or for corporates. Um, but everyone's in kind of sponsored t-shirts or um sports gear and um i mean i think my my issue with that really is it comes back to the whole way that our fashion industry in the uk is set up and that's all around kind of fast fashion and and you know using items once or you know just a handful of times before they go uh, they go in the bin so we wanted to try and um try and address this by firstly making really great quality gear for these events so yeah. so people wouldn't just use them once and throw them away um, but then also like i say you know the way we're doing that so british made and, and using the kind of fabrics we use um it is not going to be for everyone because essentially you know a lot of those custom made running t-shirts or those kind of things they are made very cheaply in either the far east or or, or eastern europe and then uh, they use once for the event and that's it they're gone but uh yeah, we, we do see that there's, there's quite an interest in this, I think, because, well, I think everyone knows, especially this, the people listening to these podcasts, that we, we've just got to move towards a more secular economy, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of my favourite questions on the show is, you know, what, what was the problem you're trying to solve? But clearly you've had a passion for this. You've been, you know, sort of using sort of traditional cycling wear and, and, and you've kind of looked at the inherent problem of, of either the throwaway culture or actually the, the quality is just not there or... Uh, and they, these are the, the gaps you're trying to fill, I guess, are they? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so, so, so there's there's four of you that are partners in the business. Um, all, sorry, there's five. five no, sorry, five. there's sorry, there's five of you. You did you did say that before we went on air. There's five of you. I mean, are you all from the same sort of background? I mean, how did the team come together? Yeah, we are actually. It's funny. We are generally scientists or project managers. Um, okay. Not. With a background in in uh, in what is essentially the fashion industry, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it felt like quite a big leap to kind of to make this to see what we could do. But but um, 
um, we have, yeah, like I say, project managers and scientists. And then uh, one, one chap who, uh, Pete, he is our kind of head of sales. He joined us. We launched actually at the, at the Tour de France in Yorkshire. Um, okay. We took our first, our kind of our first jersey up there and a, and a handful of bamboo t-shirts as well. And um, just wanted to kind of dip a toe in the water, I suppose, test the market. And we got a fantastic response. And this chap, Pete, came along, bought one of our jerseys and, and a couple of T-shirts. And two or three weeks later, he, he called us and said, look, I'm, I'm from a tech background, but it's specifically from a startup background. Right. I know this can fly and I, I really want to help me make this work. So he's been on board now for uh, yeah for a couple of years. And um, it's fantastic. Actually, the team gels very well. We're all different personalities, but I think that's what you need in a, in a startup environment. Yeah. But were you, were you conscious of, of maybe having some some missing skill sets? Were you, I mean, was there any days where you thought, you know, what business have we as sustainability consultants, project managers, as you say, going into essentially what you say is, is the fashion industry? Were you conscious of that at all, Rob? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, well, sales was was one of the, the kind of the obvious points we were lacking. In. Although I'm, yeah. I think we can all stand up in front of a in front of a crowd and kind of wax lyrical about our gear, but. Um, but sales, and then actually originally when we very first set out the company, it was uh, just I and, and, and one other um, who started it. And uh, and the reason we brought on kind of the other two partners uh, was because of that lack of um, kind of, I suppose, that lack of skills in uh, one was in marketing and another was in, um, well, actually kind of logistics and just getting stuff done. So, yeah, yeah we, we're all... Um, Although we are from a similar industry, we all have different uh, different areas that we specialise in. And and is it all kind of self financed? Did you did you kick this kickstart this with your own money? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay. So looking at the products again, um, so you say that that some elements are made from recycled bottles. Um, I mean, where where are you? How are you doing that? I mean, what are you working with anyone to to help you with that? Yeah. So so we. Um, at the moment, well, I suppose going back right back to the start of the process, um, plastic bottles in its kind of very simplest form. Plastic bottles are collected uh, by a local authority, for example, yeah. um, and uh, they are then uh, shredded up into small chips. The the organics, so the glue and the paper and any kind of uh, material left inside the bottles, they're they're removed during the processing. Um, they're down. Then they're, they're kind of melted down to a. A plastic gloop essentially where you can polymerize them and draw out long chains of plastics which so okay. you're drawing out the yarn from that um when you get to that point it's essentially exactly the same chemical composition as a yarn that comes from a crude oil from from the kind of the non-sustainable source yeah so you can then take that yarn and knit it into fabrics uh, very i mean a huge range of fabrics you can make with these recycled yarns yeah um, and one of those is is the kind of the clothing the fabrics that we're looking at for our clothing okay uh, so I wish, you know, I wish this was something that was happening in the UK. Right now, sadly, it's not. All the bottles that are recycled in the UK tend to go uh, into, well, uh, into some things like carpets or, you know, um, uh, park benches, those kind of things. Yeah. But no one's making this recycled yarn right now in the UK. Ah, uh, so where, where are you going, getting it from then? Uh, so it's from Italy, actually. Okay. So there's only a handful of places in the world that are doing it. Uh, Italy is one, and they've, they've really cracked the market. I mean, they... All their bottles are sourced in Italy, collected in Italy, reprocessed into this very high-quality yarn. Um, and you see that yarn being used kind of 
all throughout the world now in, in, in um, recycled clothing, recycled fabrics. Um, and the other area is kind of the, the, uh, the, the Far East. Um, uh, we have steered clear of using fabrics from the Far East just because we're trying to keep our supply, like, supply chain as local as possible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we didn't really consider that the shipping fabrics from, uh, from China or, uh, you know, half around the world was particularly sustainable. So, sure. um, yeah, so at the moment, the yarn comes from Italy. Yeah. Uh, depending on which fabric it is, it's either knitted into a fabric or in Italy, or uh, we use a fantastic mill in Nottingham who make a, a number of our fabrics. Um, so the yarn goes to them and then they'll, they'll make the fabric and then it will be shipped just uh, 15 miles up the road to our factory where it's cut and sewn and printed into the gear. Okay. So outside of the recycled, recycled fabrics, what are the other fabrics you're using? It's not all recycled, is it? In, in no, so that's right. So we use the, um, the, the recycled plastic bottles and, like I said, the kind of the recycled carpets, recycled fishing nets. Um, that's for anything with a nylon content. So you're right. stretching kind of lycras. Um, and then we use bamboo t-shirts, um, which okay. is part of, part of, I suppose, kind of part of the, the casual wear offering that we have. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and does, it, is, does that nylon, that, that stretchy material that you use for cycling, does it feel any different to traditional stuff, the, one, the ones that you're making? No, it feels exactly the same. And that's, I think that's what people are always really surprised about. Because if you, you know, especially if you talk about recycled plastic bottles, there's imid- immediately this image of scratchy. And, yeah, yeah. But actually, they're, they're fantastic fabrics. They perform really well, but they're, um, the, the feel, the handle that, that you get from them is, is you know, identical really to a, to a non-sustainable fabric. Yeah. Uh, that's why it works. You know, at the end of the day, we have to be, we're in a, we're in a market where kind of performance is key. Um, yep. And we have to be making clothing that's, that's going to perform well. Otherwise, you know, regardless of the message behind it, people just won't. Well, they won't, won't want it, no. Exactly. I mean, the other, the other big thing is, is, is price. And I wonder where you sit in terms of price points uh, in, a, I guess, what is a fairly crowded market, is it? Yeah, it is a competitive market. It's quite crowded. Um, I mean, to be, to be brutally honest, our gear is not the cheapest out there. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's kind of, it's, there's, a, there's a premium through British manufacturing. And there's also, sadly, there's a premium on our fabrics as well. I mean... A lot of people say to us, but it's recycled, surely it's cheaper, right? But, um, you know, sadly, that, the kind of the, the, all the work that goes into collecting and processing um, these, these materials actually makes the fabrics more expensive as well. So yeah. um, we are, um, yeah, we're, we're a bit more expensive than, than the kind of the cheapest on the market. Um, and we're obviously trying every way we can to kind of reduce that to, to come down to that price or closer to that price point. Yeah. But, um, we also look at how we can add value to our clients. So as well as obviously providing the gear, we're, we're kind of looking at how we tell the story on behalf of them through social media and, um, and, and also kind of shout about what they're doing. So they're okay. adding. Okay. And so the, the, this, the price of the recycled fabric, are, are we seeing any shift on that? Have you, seen, have you noticed that coming down at all? Is it likely to come down? No, not at the moment. Um, I mean, especially right now, because we because the yarn comes from from Italy, mm. uh, you know that that's uh, causing some uh, increases in price right now as the pound drops in strength. So, um, I think in the short term, we'll probably see the reverse, and these fabrics might get a little bit more expensive, uh, which is something we'll just have to stack up ourselves, I think. But yeah. uh, but uh, hopefully, in the long term, you know, as this becomes 
more mainstream. And, and this is, you know, it's great that we've got a, a niche and uh, kind of a, a market-leading position doing something that essentially no other team-owned companies in the UK are doing. Yeah. But from a from a professional point of view, I want this to become mainstream. I want all the companies, you know, all the big guys to be offering at least a sustainable range, if not a fully sustainable range. And I think that will happen as demand increases, uh, as supply increases and the prices start to drop in the fabrics. Yeah, yeah. So uh, are we missing a trick here in the UK? Like, Why aren't we recycling our bottles and, and creating this yarn? Surely there's a huge opportunity here for the UK, isn't there? Yeah, do you know what? Um, there really is. There really is. And we're missing a huge trick, I think. We, so I've been talking to um, a consultancy, John from a consultancy called uh, EMV23. Right. And they're all about uh, environmental communications. Uh, but John's got a good background in kind of uh, in recycling. And he's he's very keen that we should be pushing hard to... Uh, to, to, to be doing this in the UK so it's yeah. kind of something we talk about regularly and, and you know I think f- from a from a green point of view you know we, we have to focus on what we're doing and, and, and kind of making the gear but um, there's a big opportunity for someone to step in and, and to take these well essentially it's <clears throat> half a billion more than half a billion plastic bottles every year that aren't currently recycled in the UK which yeah. be turned into some fantastic fabrics yeah, exactly. And and it would then support your story, your kind of, you know, made in Great Britain story. I, I, I wonder about that. We've had lots of, you know, companies on the show before who have sort of really played into that. Actually, the couple of American companies we spoke to quite early on when we launched the podcast who, who really went big on their, on that sort of story. And it's, it is a, it's a big story in the, in, uh, particularly in the US. But I wonder why it's so important to you to tell that story about this sort of local manufacturing particularly when you're sourcing from, from elsewhere. Um, what, why have you decided to sort of go big on that story? Um, well, it's around, um, it's around keeping those supply chains short. It's around um, supporting the UK economy. Genuinely uh, believe that you know, keeping, keeping production as local as possible is, is, is very good for the economy, very good for people in the UK. It's keeping the spend local as well. And yes, we are sourcing fabrics from Europe uh, at times, but uh, that's simply because they're not available in the UK. And wherever we can, yeah. then you know, we'll, we'll make it. You know, the, the, the ideal for me would be um, to be able to see where the plastic bottles have been collected in the UK. Here's the reprocessing plant. That goes to the fabric manufacturer and then it comes to us. And, you know, a fully, fully um, UK made supply chain. Yeah. And I think we'll get there at some point in the future. But. Um, yeah, we're not there just yet, sadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you sort of look ahead, you know, maybe a year or two years ago or whatever, how far you look ahead, I'm not too sure what sort of person you are, Rob. But the, I mean, what, what, what one thing do you think, wow, that's going to cause us a bit of a headache? What, what are the things that are really sort of making it hard to run this business right now? Um, well, the price, the, the, the strength of the pound is definitely uh, definitely a bit of a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, what's making it hard to run? Well, if I'm... Brutally honest, what's making it hard is we've been all working on this part time uh, until uh, well, basically until now. So, so I'm just okay. at the point now where I'm full time on the company, um, and that has been. I've got a young family. I've got an eight month old daughter and uh, a four day a week job, so almost full time as well. So it's kind of been <laughs> juggling, <laughs> uh, keeping a lot of space, plates spinning, uh, and it's it's made things it's made things exciting and interesting. But it's getting to the point now where you know it needs that. Um, full-time energy and commitment into the company to really make it fly and that's that's where yeah. we're at 
yeah it's amazing what you can get done when you've got a passion for something isn't it it's you know uh, even with an eight-month-old at home wow um well it's incredible so uh, what what's the what's the immediate plan for the next sort of six months to a year then rob for the, for the business so the immediate plan is we have um developed over the last uh, three or four months we've developed uh, kind of a, a greatly increased uh, range of clothing so just right now it's just about product testing uh, we've got a number of ambassadors who we kind of work with quite closely who uh, we're going to be testing our, our various different garments so uh, that's now kind of swimming costumes swimming shorts for men uh, running vests running t-shirts and um, we're looking at skin suits so you know that when you see the uh, the athletes in the uh, in the velodrome at the olympics they're all in skin suits so we're looking at those yeah. kind of garments so we're kind of increasing the range um and a big part of that is the product testing making sure we're happy with the fit and the way it performs uh, and then launching that um early next year and then because you know because i'm going full-time on the business it's all about identifying all the events that i can be at next year that we as a team can be at um, kind of telling the story and uh, obviously selling the gear and finding team wear leads and those kind of things. So it's, um, yeah, it's all about uh, kind of so it, working hard on uh, identifying those kind of events that we should be going to with our greatly increased range and then hitting that hard next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you all the best with it, Rob. It's great. It looks like a, well, it sounds like a great business and uh, a number of people. Uh, alerted me to you and your business over the last few weeks via social media and said you know you should really speak to these guys and i thought well we must hear all about green sportswear i'm glad we did um so thanks for joining us rob and as i say we wish you all the best with it thanks tom yeah it's a pleasure it's um we appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you and tell us about what we're doing Rob Webben, CEO and founder of Green Sportswear there. So if you're into corporate or team events, cycling, triathlons or whatever, then uh, then you could yeah, you could do worse than look at the, the Green Sportswear website. Have a look what they're up to. Very smart little business with a bright future. Nice one, Rob. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing the story. And as I said in the recording, I came across Rob and Green Sportswear on uh, on Twitter, I think, or somewhere else on social media. A number of people got in touch and said that I should really check them out. Uh, and get them on the show and that's exactly what we did uh, but if any of you out there would like to make a recommendation perhaps you know a business you've stumbled across well I don't know on social media or you've listened to someone give a presentation at an event um, maybe it's your business um, that you'd like to to be profiled here but yeah give me a shout i'm always on the hunt for new interesting companies that are proving sustainable business models and products and services do and can work so we'd love to have them on the show so give me a shout now before i go just another quick reminder to sign up to the better business show newsletter just go to betterbusiness.show which is our website you'll find a box at the top of the page there give us your email address uh, and you'll start getting our email um, and of course you can find us in all the the usual places not least itunes soundcloud uh, but also tune in stitcher and deezer if they're your preferred apps we're available everywhere Anyway, that's it for another week. We'll be back again for our Friday Five show on Friday lunchtime, so look out for that. Uh, But until next time, goodbye.